This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, uh, the show that can't quite believe it's all over. And so the longest season ever has finally ended. But what did we make of it all? The excitement of Frank Lampard and Jody Morris returning to their natural home seems a long time ago. But has it receded at all? Uh, have they and their young group of players exceeded expectations? Was finishing in the top four and qualifying for the Champions League a substantive achievement given the transfer ban, losing Hazard and promoting the youth? Did the disappointment in losing the FA Cup final to Arsenal spoil the season? As ever with Chelsea, it's been a roller coaster of glorious unpredictability this season, with the pitch significantly queered by the fact that the COVID-19 pandemic denied us all the opportunity to actually be at the place we love, with the people we love, for six months and counting. Now, whatever we think about this season, the delight or the disappointments, let's hope that normal service is resumed as quickly as possible next season. And for the final Monday night show of the season, it can only be the season review. Chelsea Fancast number 518. Uh, Carrying on with uh, what we got on the show tonight, obviously it's a review of the season. But what your Uncle Chidge has done, I've also gone a bit retro because back in the day we used to do this. I used to get a bit Arsenal on your asses and do a big spreadsheet with questions for you to fill in and answer. And I've done the same this year. I brought that back because I think it's a great way to give us a bit of structure. So it's basically all about reviewing and passing judgment on the 2019-20 season. And as I said, as a consequence, everyone on the show has completed a spreadsheet containing the answers to the most pressing of questions. In part three, we reveal our best and worst results and matches from the season. And in part four, we rate the season as a whole 
Uh, and I thought, because this season has been rather bizarre, and some may say unique, I think it has definitely had comparisons with other seasons. So I've got all the boys and girls to kind of let me know what season it reminds them of from the past. And finally, we will reveal our best personal moment from the season. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Okay, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast with me, Stanford Chidge, and a whole galaxy of all the regular Chelsea fancasters who are <laughs> Jonathan, Dan, Dane, Mark, Worrell, Mark Meehan, Martin Wickham, Dan Silver, Tony Glover, Alex, you just heard from the lovely Clayton Beerman. It's an absolute, it's a doozy, as the Americans might say. And there's no denying it. Now, whether these following matches were doozies or not is uh, about to be discovered. But I thought it'd be fun to, um, you know, put in a category here of best result and best match, worst result and worst match. And dear old Clayton... Uh, sent me a very pithy email <laughs> saying I didn't quite understand where I was coming from. And I and I tweeted and thought I'd made it abundantly clear. And then he and, of course, Tim Rolls got in on the act saying, no, it's abundantly not clear at all, Chid, you absolute buffoon. Uh, they're, they're probably both right. But I, I will give you what my definitions are now. And basically, uh, the best result for me, in my head, is the one where... You know, it was a result that we were not expected to get, or it was really, really important to win that match. The best match would have been just, you know, the best kind of win we had, the most, uh, you know, entertaining match, you know, where we might have come back from being behind or something. So, you know, result was about importance, match was about entertainment, really. And the converse was true with the worst result in the match. So, you know, losing a match we really shouldn't or, or couldn't afford to lose uh, it would be the worst result. The worst match was just something that was unedifyingly unentertaining or just downright disappointing. Uh, so there you go. Now on that basis, we don't. I don't think we have any split results here, uh, but we don't actually. Uh, the best result got a, a, a massive, uh, massive majority for people. Of course, Dane hedged his bets again. I'll talk to him about that in a minute. But uh, oh. you did. You said Ajax away or Spurs away. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I right. double counted you because I'm like that. But basically, everybody went for Spurs away. When I say everybody, uh, I mean um, I mean JK, I mean uh, Dan, I mean Marco, Alex, Martin, Dane, uh, and that was it. So basically, everybody went for Spurs away apart from me. I went 3-1 three, three, Man United in the semi-final of the Cup because I just thought, well, it's an important match. We hadn't beaten United at all all season uh so it was a real possible bogey stroke banana skin and and the final was on the line and we absolutely hoofed him and I thought that was brilliant Clayton went for Wolves at home presumably on the same basis under which I I voted Mount against Wolves in the goal of the season Clayton because you know it was just generally really really important absolutely correct and I thought we we put in a, a very good display uh and the pressure would have been like no other game that season so yeah that's why I went for that top man I I think that's a good I was close to saying that myself actually Tony went for 2-1 at City and I I suspect Tony because 
you know, not many people expected us to beat them, and actually we we played brilliantly that night, didn't we? Uh, yeah, and I think it was, it was was it the second game after lockdown. Um, I think we 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 beaten Villa the week before, and I, I just you know City have become that one of those teams that I mean they smashed us out of sight last year uh, that in that bloody six 0 embarrassment, and uh, they beat us I think at their place two one didn't they this year I think yeah yeah they scored that day. But for me, we scraped past, not scraped past, but it was the first game after lockdown, very difficult to judge. And I, I genuinely feared for that City game because I just felt that we might be on a bit of a backlash from them. They'd had time like everybody else. You know, they were miles behind Liverpool like everybody else. And I just felt that there was, you know, we could be on the wrong end of a right arse kicking and we played fantastically. We played... Uh, that, that to me, the, the only other equivalent game this season was when we lost to Liverpool 2 1 at the bridge, where you know we were 2 0 down. I think we got a goal back, and then we, we played Liverpool off the park in that second half. We were absolutely all over them. When, when the final whistle went, they'd still won, but they were the ones that were blowing out their asses, not us. And I think that's the, one of the first times when we've lost a game, everybody stayed in Stamford Bridge and cheered that team to the rafters. And it, I, fe- I would felt that had we all been at that City game when we won 2-1, the same thing would have happened. Yeah. I just think it was such a great performance that night. Uh, you know. No, I, 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 again, you know, I was tempted to vote for that myself. Dean also voted for uh, for that one as well, didn't you, Dean? Yeah, I agree with everything that Tony said about the game. You know, I was expecting us to get a bit of a hiding because, you know, defeat for City, we lost them the title. So I thought they'd be um, well up for it. But yeah, you know, they, Old school performance, I think. Well, I yeah. couldn't. Yeah, absolutely. Good shout. Well, um, the bottom line is that Spurs away got it. Um, I mean, we ought to ask somebody why Spurs uh, away uh, won it. And I'm going to ask Clayton because I just know how much he loves beating uh, Spurs, Clayton. Apart from the fact you went yeah. for Wolves at home. So scratch that. I can't read, mate. <laughs> Don't, Marco, Marco. <laughs> mate, I'm a few beers in. What can I say? Marco, you uh, you voted for Spurs. Um, yeah, well, it's a short explanation, isn't it? It was Tottenham away. It was Jose Mourinho. Um, although, you know, I do like Mourinho and I'll always be grateful for what he did. But, you know, how could he take the Tottenham job? Um, and it was just great for Frank. That was his kind of big game. The first big test. Coming of age, wasn't it? If you want to get out of their skins, didn't they, Marco? That's what was so great. If you want to get the supporters on side, go and win away at Tottenham. And he did that. And it was just, you know, great that it was William who's um, never never been far away from getting the the spiteful end of the Chelsea Twitter trolls um, wedge, you know. So it was just great the way it all shaped up. And it just sort of set us up nicely for Christmas, didn't it? Um, Just a shame about Boxing Day, really. But, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, essentially, Tottenham away. Love it. Alex? I just want to say as well, that day I got totally shit-faced and had the most awesome day with Eileen Pitfield and she passed away last week. Oh, that's right, yeah. All that, Alex, yeah. Yeah, her funeral was next week and... um, so yeah, I'll always have that. I'll always have that Spurs away game. We had a right giggle that day. 
just total silliness. Uh, well done, you, Martin. Yeah, I was there as well, and it was just first time in that ground, and you know, short of just walking out and taking a piss on the centre circle, it couldn't have got any better. What a lovely... You know, that's the first time I ever saw you smile, Martin. Yeah. Oh, no, we weren't even down at Christmas. Even that Herbert chucking a beer at us from the hospitality couldn't what the smile on the face. What a lovely image to round that off. Now, uh, the best match, slightly different. Most entertaining match, uh, as I said earlier on, you know, great comeback, that kind of thing. And there's a bit of a... Well, I thought there'd be a more diverse... Well, I was quite a diverse of opinion, but there was an out, an outright winner. The outright winner was the 4-0... Um, against Everton at home, um, which got three of you voting. So it was quite a split vote. Uh, Marco voted for that. Martin voted for that. And Mark uh, voted for that. Uh, Liverpool at home got a vote from Dane. Uh, Liverpool in the Cup was voted for by Dean, Tony. uh, Yeah, Dean and Tony. Um, JK went for City at home, which I think was a good shout. Dan... Like like Clayton can't stand Spurs, so he he voted for Spurs away as the best result and the best match, as did Alex. Funnily enough, um, and I voted for Ajax at home, as did Clayton. Now I'll be honest with you, you know my 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 view is massively clouded here by the fact that I wasn't at Spurs away, so you know I've got the hump about that. But even more so, I wasn't at Everton at home because I was up in Glasgow at Pablo's wedding. Uh, I love Pablo, but I'm never going to forgive him for that. I've got to be honest. Um, And I wasn't there for the Liverpool uh, match because I had to work that night. So I missed the FA Cup match and I'm really pissed off about that. But I'm going to draw attention to um, the Liverpool at home when we lost 2-1, Dane. What an interesting match to select for the best match. Yeah, again, maybe a bit of a confusion regarding, uh, you know, the questions. But obviously, I'm thinking of the whole day in general. It was a really good day. I met up with a, quite a few nice people. We went into the game. I think by the 40th minute, we were 2-0 down and a bit unlucky to be 2-0 down. And then come the second half, like Tony said earlier, we absolutely was all over them like a rash. You know, they were breathing out their ass, blowing out their ass, And just how they reacted when that, Final, final whistle went. Not us, first of all, the, the Liverpool players and Klopp. Just it meant so much to them. They knew that could have been the toughest game they've been in all season. And then the fans and the crowd's reaction. You know, no one left. Uh, well, a couple of people always do, but the majority of us stayed there. Frank appreciated that. The players appreciated that. We just appreciated the effort because in Anfield, the Anfield game is a little bit hit and miss, but in, in three out of the four games we've played against Liverpool this season, we've given them a good game and could have won all three games. Even the, even the one at Anfield, we was we was unlucky. How the hell we was 4-1 down? Again, it was just our defence. But yeah, that, that enjoyment, and I just saw a coming together of, of Chelsea that I hadn't seen in years, and uh, yeah, it was, it was a special moment. It was a loss, but I, I you know, it was uh, that moment afterwards with Frank and and us, a lot of us standing there. We lost, very memorable. I'll just say, we lost a few games under Maurizio, uh, under Sarri the previous season, and I never, ever saw that reaction. Mm-hmm. From fans from everybody where they'd been, you know, I think at the end of the day, like most football fans, not, no, when there's nothing special about us as a club in the sense that if we go down fighting and we see that effort and that that kind of team spirit in, that, in a game like that Liverpool game, then we're going to walk away. We're going to be pissed off we lost, but we're going to be happy because what we've seen 
and what Liverpool did. We gave, if it was boxing terms, we gave Liverpool a bloody nose and took them to the very final bell at the end of the 12 rounds. We did. And mm-hmm. that was a very good point. Well done both. Now, Alex, sorry, Alex, we got to, we got to lose you, I'm afraid, haven't we? I'm afraid I've got a podcast recording. I will do the rest of your bits, but I won't Thank do them as you. well as you. But I, what, what okay. I'd like to say, Alex, what I won't get a chance to say now, because I would have said the state is just... Thank you so much for all of your support and all your hard work for us this year. As ever, massively appreciated. We love you lots, and I look forward to exploiting you to the full next season. <laughs> love you guys. See you next season. Cheers, Alex. Now, um, I want to go to Mr. Meehan uh, about his selection for uh, best match because he was so adamant that this was the best match. He voted for it for both best, best match and best result, which was the 4 0 against Everton at home, Mark. I just thought it was our best performance of the season. It's just sitting there watching the game, you thought it all came right in that game. Uh, and I think it, it also was just like a perfect day as well. Um, and I know, I think Mark might have chosen this as well. Day started off, um, met Marco on the stall. It was Misty's first game. Marco gave me his tip for the day that he was going to bet on Mason Mount to score. So I had a bet as well. I'd also won um, at a Paul Cannibal charity event before Christmas that Marco went at. Uh, two tickets in an executive box for the day. So I was guest of honour. Um, so, you know, you watch Chelsea win at home 4-0. Um, you sit in an executive box with Kerry Dixon, Colin Pates and John Bumstead. You meet Christian Pulisic. Yeah, it was just a perfect day. But also I'd say, you know, every single substitution I think Frank made that afternoon, he brought on another young player, then another young player. And it was just fantastic that I think by the end of the game, I think half the side on that pitch you know, were probably 21 or under. And it was just, you walked away from there and, and you thought with that whole COVID, you know, <clears throat> pandemic coming down the track, if this was the last game we were going to see for quite a long time, do you know what? I've seen the best game in quite a long time at Stamford Bridge. If it ended there, it ended in a perfect way. I know. I, and I'm so gutted. I'm, you know, I'm, I just moaned about Pablo for not being there. Um, I think I missed the Spurs home match as well. For some, it's a really bad run. If only I'd have known. If I'd have known then that we wouldn't see any football from March onwards, it would have been different. But you know, I, you I no, miss, actually, you didn't miss the Spurs game. You I, did not miss the Spurs game. I didn't, did I? Because it, it was the first time I'd been to a game where I hadn't driven for a while, and I got absolutely wankered with you lot, and I kept missing trains, didn't I? No, yep. I've gone by that time and got drunk somewhere else, but you were definitely on the lash afterwards. I was, wasn't I? Because I was with Dan. Yeah. We ended up in some pub and Earl's Court with Mantle and Andy Ray. And yeah, I was there for a bit and bugged off. Yeah, yeah, and all that lot. So, yes, you're right. And I, I, I harboured the illusion that my last game, what? who knows, it could be my last game at Stamford Bridge ever, was when we beat Spurs at home. And then I suddenly remember that I actually went to the Bayern Munich game. <laughs> so my last my last game at the bridge was seeing Chelsea humiliated and schooled like I haven't seen for decades. Um, right, moving on, actually, that's quite a good segue. Uh, we've got worst result and worst match. Now, worst result is pretty much a tie between the cup final and Sheffield United away. Uh, me, JK and Martin all went for Sheffield United away. Um, and uh, Dean and Mark and Alex went for... The cup final. In between all of that, uh, Clayton went for West Ham home and away. Tony went for Everton away. Dan went for Bournemouth at home. Uh, Marco went for Saints at home, and Dane went for Bournemouth at home. So just to get a bit of a you know, camps a bit of a opinion. I know Dan's got to go in a minute. So Dan, can you tell me quickly why Bournemouth at home? Yeah, it's just 
we shouldn't take anything for granted, but we should, it's the sort of games you want to win. And they've got a bit of an Indian side over us, haven't they, home and away recently. They, they, they stuffed us 4-0 last season. It was just kind of like one of those like really insipid, really slow, horrible performances. And I know we don't have a divine right to beat all these teams, but you kind of think Bournemouth at home should be winning it. And then, you know, second year running, it's been a scrappy goal they've taken to beat us. Just a bit of a... Uh, no, at, least think, at least don't have to worry about it next season. Yeah, and they've, they've, <laughs> they've, they've ruined throughout the last four um, weekends because the first time they beat us under Jose, I think it was the day before my sister got married, so that ruined the weekend as well. Fair enough. Now, Dan, you've got Scoot, haven't you, in a minute? I mean, are you got to go yeah, now? About, or, or About 10 minutes. All right, well, make sure yeah. you say goodbye just before you go. Just stick your I hand up and I'll, I'll, I'll interrupt whoever. Cool. So basically, um, other than the outliers, it was really between the cup final and Sheffield United away. Now, Dean, you went for the cup final, as did Mark uh, and Alex. Why Why the cup final? Why was that the worst result? For me, the FA Cup's you know, the, the biggest and the best competition you can win. You know, the, the whole, you know, when you can go, the Wembley experience and you know, winning that competition is very special. And you know, to lose to Arsenal is a, you know, a bad Arsenal at that, you know, is a terrible result of given the importance of the fixture. You know, for me, that's the worst result. Mm. Well, I, I've got to say I beg to differ um, because I think that, and I'll explain this in a minute because uh, I'll tell you now, it, it, it basically the majority have gone for it as the worst match because I think that everything that could have gone wrong in that match went wrong and through no fault of our own, you know, two players pulling hammies, Anthony Taylor refereeing the match like a complete dickhead sending Kovacic off, et cetera, et cetera. I know we made mistakes and stuff, but, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I was absolutely apoplectic with rage at Chelsea's performance when we lost to Arsenal in 2017, when we fundamentally shot ourselves in the foot. I, I have no complaints about the, the, the cup final, but I think it was a shit match because of that, which is why I voted it for worst match. I'm going to make the case for Sheffield United away, as has Martin and J.K., because I just thought we that you know we we really didn't be, need to be losing a match like that so close to the end of the season with with top four um, you know in jeopardy. But I'm not sure if that's why J.K. voted for it. J.K. Um, I, I just thought that he was um, it gave it posed so many questions about him as a manager for me. It seemed to be tactically um, outthought. Nobody had done any preparation. They just played exactly the same way they played all season, which is uh, um, uh, pressing non-stop and, and uh, having a very high line. And he didn't have any way of dealing with it, um, as I'm afraid was slightly the problem with um, uh, with the Arsenal game, actually, except because all they did was, no, he said they pressed and they booted the ball up. I mean, I actually thought Arsenal was absolutely dreadful as well. But, and it, it, it raises doubts about what goes on occasionally with their scouting of other teams. I just don't quite understand how you can go to a game so completely unprepared I think also the Sheffield United game we'd been playing so well up until then in lockdown and it was such a bitter disappointment and there was always the possibility that um, that we wouldn't then have, uh, have got Champions League football so I think it was that aspect yeah. of it as well that's why I was, that's why I chose it yeah but it was it was just the the completely supine performance the way that we played against them was also so out of character with what we've been playing in lockdown, and uh, and I seem to be outthought by a side who didn't do anything different at all from how they'd been playing normally. So what was happening behind the scenes 
and what was happening on the pitch. They had no answer to it. It was just uh, abysmal. Well, I'm going to, you know, uh, do the chairman's casting vote on this and make and make Sheffield United away the worst result of the season. But I think I'm going to do that because I know I can mitigate it uh, because I know that the result, the worst match of the season or worst, yeah, worst match of the season was the cup final. And I think very much for the reasons that I said. And Dean, um, Marco, Clayton, JK and myself all went for that. Um, there was a Sheffield United away from Dan, uh, who I would imagine much along the, along the same lines. Dane went for Man United at home 2-0. Mark went for Bournemouth at home, Valencia at home. Yeah, that's a good shout, that. Martin went for West Ham at home. Um, I'm going to talk... I'll talk to Martin about that as well, actually, because I think that's a good shout. Um, Bayern at home, Tony. Um, why was that the worst match? I'm yeah, taking that, that one shit. back. Yeah? <laughs> because they've absolutely schooled Barcelona the other night. They're they a good side, mate. Through everybody. And, and quite honestly, what they did to us, they, they've made everybody look stupid along the way. Um, but we've looked less stupid... Than other teams, and then they made us look less stupid than Barcelona. Eight two. I mean, I don't care what sort of mess your club is in. A club like Barcelona loses to find. And I seem to remember when Barcelona were there in their pomp. A few quite a few years back, they met Bayern the following season, or they met Bayern that season, and Bayern absolutely used power play and smashed that tippy tappy bollocks to one side. Um, so I'm going to take that back, and I'm going to change that. I'm going to I'm going to exercise my right. You can. Right to change it to uh, the FA Cup final, because having seen what Bayern have done, yeah, I don't think we came out of it as badly as we and we certainly weren't outclassed by them yeah. to the degree that the scores show. They're a phenomenal side, Bayern, yes. and we didn't quite realise how phenomenal they were, and that was why they took Spurs to the cleaners. And I think we should have been a little bit more, not that we would be sensitive about the Spurs result as well, because they were clearly. Absolutely. Well, I, I don't think it mattered how sensitive or not we were, JK. I mean, I, I've been watching Chelsea a long time and I haven't seen a school quite like that, I'd say, 25, 30 years. Oh, I agree, I agree, I agree. They are yeah, phenomenal. Well, I think what we're saying, though, is that they are clearly exceptional if they yeah. don't win the win the yeah, basically, League. Basically, that's, this is the reason we're all going to be talking about Alfonso Davis over the next five years because he's a truly phenomenal yeah. footballer. He is indeed, isn't he? All right. You're reading my mind. We've come to the end of the yeah. part, Dan. I can I can free you. I can release you. I'm free. But right, Dan, guys, before... Dan. Dan, take care, mate. Uh, Dan, take care, mate. Dan, 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 Dan. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you so much for like Alex, so much for your support this year. No, You've it's been, been a pleasure. Brilliant as it. ever, mate. And uh, enjoy a few weeks off, and we'll we'll sort it all out again uh, in September. It's definitely helping the lockdown pain, that's for sure. Yeah, nice one. You too, right, mate. Cheers, guys. Cheers, fellas. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, mate. Thank you, mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Lovely stuff. Well, we're having a break too, but we'll be back in a minute and we're going to round up the season review with uh, rating the season as a whole, comparing the season to any others, and then selecting our favourite and personal, favourite personal Chelsea-related moments of the season. We'll be back in a second. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. (laughs) It's all too much. (laughs) I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? 
Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Football Fancast.com. Okay, right. Welcome back. This is Stanford Chidge. You're listening to the Chelsea Fancast season review, the last Monday night show of the season with a stellar cast of. Uh, Mr. Jonathan Kidd, of course. Uh, Dean Mears, Martin Wickham, Dane Whittle, Tony Glover, the legend that is Marco Worrell, Mr. Mark Meehan, the wonderful, lovely Clayton Beerman, and uh, Jonathan Kidd, as I've already probably said. Anyway. Uh, yeah, that's me on twice. I know. You're, the, we're so, you're so good we named you twice, JK, like New York. <laughs> all right. Now, this is kind of a bit more esoteric, all right? This is far more open to, you know, personal views and recollections and things but the first one is is rating the season as a whole um now i'll I'll tell you what we've done on the average which is we've rated it seven which i think you know concords with our earlier kind of ratings of the players and people pretty much we all gave sevens apart from clayton uh, who gave us an eight and dane who gave us an eight so clayton um not that I'm arguing with this, because I, I think it's been phenomenal, but I'd just like you to you know, articulate why you gave it an eight. Um, because I think what we've achieved this season has been phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I mean, to actually make top four um, a cup final and blood half a dozen young players who are going to be first-team squad members for... A couple of years to come, at least. I think I, I don't, you know, I don't think we could have done much better. Um, it was quite funny actually, because when I was doing, um, we all did some wording for Marco. Um, I actually felt quite maudlin at the end of the season because obviously we we basically lost the cup final, and that really, really upset me and really pissed me off. Um, but as you say, there were lots of circumstances that conspired against us. Um, but I think, you know, and I, I, I'm sort of a bit down on, on, on sort of Frank and Jody because I think 
our defence has been so woeful this season. And I just wondered, you know, where we were going with that and, and how we were going to resolve it. But then, you know, in hindsight, I really don't think we could have done much more. And I think we have overachieved. We, we've had some fantastic results, but we also had some shit results. Um, but that's Chelsea. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. probably any football team, Yeah. you know, to be fair. Um, and I just think we need to be lauded. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the signings that we've made, potentially the, you know, a few more coming in. I think it's brilliant. I think we should be all very optimistic. Well, a man a man who is just, as we were saying earlier on, because we gave a good old juicy plug, uh, Marco's just gone into granular detail in his new book uh, about this season. So it would be very interesting to hear from Marco about his thoughts and on the season. Marco, you gave us a seven, which I think is you know, perfectly acceptable, uh, an above average season, certainly beyond our expectations. But having kind of spent, you know, considerable time recently putting this down on paper, where do you stand on it? I, I just think it's a, well, I mean, glorious unpredictability. I mean, nobody could have foreseen um, the way, you know, everything would have mapped out, even you know, notwithstanding the, the, the hiatus of the coronavirus crisis, but just the way um, Frank took to the job, um, you know, the way he is with the media, the fact that he just blooded, I think it was eight in the end, wasn't it, the final number of, of um, academy players he handed a debut to. You know, no, no players coming in as, as signings, um, all of that was quite extraordinary um, and without any shadow of a doubt, uh, had we turned up for the cup final, um, then I think seven would quite easily have been nine or ten. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of the, the, only, the only drag on the season and it's the nagging doubt that we all carry carrying uh heading into the next season is just this you know inability to defend set pieces you know uh, just set up properly at the back um and you just kind of wonder is that really a personnel thing or or is it a coaching thing but it needs fixing um, and that was the only real drag on the season, you know. That, um, so, yeah, I mean, that's where that's why it ended up seven for me. Well, I, I would, you know, as I said, I'd agree with that. I think, I think, you know, it would be naive to just sit here all glowing and gushing. There have been problems, but I think, given given where we started out, given what our expectations might have been before the season, I think we've we've certainly exceeded them. So, I think seven is very, very fair. Now, this is fun. I, 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 I don't know what prompted me to put this in, but I think I just might have had a brainwave and thought, blimey, this feels a very very much like some seasons in the past. I think me and JK were certainly talking about this on one of the recent podcasts, but it, it for me, it compares very much to either 2002, uh, 2001, 2002, or 2002, 2003. The reason being, in 2002... There's the lovely symmetry about this. Frank Lampard's first season. I'm wearing the 2002 shirt in honour of this fact tonight. Um, but, of course, we ended up losing to Arsenal in the cup final that year. 
I don't know why. It just seemed, you know, a bit of symmetry there. I think a lot of you, when I say a lot of you, uh, I mean Martin, Wickham and uh, Dane and Dean went for 2002, 2003. When I, and, I, and I get that and I'll, I'll, ask, I'll ask them about this in a minute, but I suspect it has a lot to do with the fact that we sneaked into top four and that was massively important for the future development of the club. Obviously, Roman took us over on the strength of that. So the importance of getting top four was was huge. And I, and I think you could say the same right now in terms of our future development. Um, there are others, other choices, which are massively interesting. Marco has gone for 93-94. I suspect because we, we got into the cup final and we lost it. But I'll ask him about that in a minute. Tony's gone and for the ref was a crook. And the ref was a crook, yep. Tony's gone for ninety four, sorry, ninety five, ninety six. Clayton's gone for seventy six, seventy seven, and I think I get why Clayton's done that. Jonathan's gone for sixty three, sixty four. I'm going to start in reverse order, as it were. Jonathan, why, why sixty three, sixty four? I think I know the answer, but I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I was just being a bit posy. I just thought I'd. Well, you're the something. only one who was around then. I nobody think. else would know anything about. That. I just <laughs> thought, you know, can't I, argue I, against it, can we? Just, uh, <laughs> exactly. I have to make something up about the season. Um, Chelsea well, played in they... pink that season, apparently. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? We weren't there. Yes, indeed they did. And they yes. wore tutus. And they came out a couple of occasions but didn't have any shorts. No. Because, uh, <laughs> they'd been stolen. This is, uh, yeah. Uh, when they were away. Yes, and they've just played in their, uh, these in jock straps. Taking a fig, t- Jonathan, taking a fig leaf out of your book. Oh, um, it, no, in all seriousness, it was um, it was similar because... The, the team that um, Doherty had been playing the year before, which had youth in it, um, uh, got promoted to the, uh, uh, to, the new divi- to the first division. And um, everybody came in with a, 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 an expectation that they wouldn't do well. And they did pretty well, but not as well. It was the same thing as they played so well on occasions that you then thought, wow, uh, this, could be, this, this season could be great. And then it didn't... It didn't um, they didn't achieve what what you thought they would, and I was it was my first um, season of watching as many games as I possibly could at home. Um, I wasn't going away. I was I was eight, so uh, I was likely to be going away. But um, well, my dad took me to a few away games at the time, but they were a very exciting side, and it was the youth side. Um, so there were there were comparisons, um, but they 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 ran out of steam a bit in exactly the same way. Some of the youth played terribly well for some games, and then some games went missing. All, all numbers were done on them tactically. And it was Doherty finding his feet as well, in the same way that um, Frank was finding his feet. And Doherty had been a player the year before as well. So uh, um, I just felt there were there were little shadows of, um, yeah. of reminiscence. Good that. shout. I like I, I Much as I suspected, but a good shout. Clayton, uh, much the same with you, I think. I can guess why you've gone 76-77. Yeah, a bit nervous talking about it with Mark Meehan on, on the... Uh... He will be. He will be testing you later. He'll test you later, mate. <laughs> it, it, is, that, is, it, is that spotlight under your clothes? <laughs> no cheating, Clayton. <laughs> no, it, it was just a, the similar sort of feel. I mean, obviously the club was in a in a totally different place, but all of a sudden, you know, through necessity, all these kids were coming through. All these really exciting kids under a manager that that you know the the fans loved. Um, and it just it, it resonates with me that that was a similar sort of season because you were very excited. You were seeing all this great young talent under a fledgling manager, um, and, and let's let's just hope that Frank 
uh, I know it's a hypocritical thing and it's not true, but you know, hope, hope Frank gets his mini Metro um, in the close season. <laughs> quite right too. Brilliant, Clayton. Tony, you've gone for 95-96. I'm not quite sure why. This You, you stumped me with this one, fella. I think it was, I think it was Huddles. So it was, uh, was that not the year after? I, I just think sort of parallel with young English manager. Uh, you know, for me, um, Huddle uh, was the first bright hope we'd had in years that we were going to see some decent football Lest, yeah, lest we not forget that, you know, it was him that attracted the uh, rather brilliant Rud Hullet through the door. Um, and you wake up and you read the papers, as there was no social media at that time, Rud Hullet is signing for Chelsea. Oh, and I'm thinking, what, the Rud Hullet? Or is this Rud Hullet's cousin also called Rud? You know, um, so uh, for me, it was just that kind of season where the football was, was much better than the actual results that we got. I think we finished 11th that season. Um, but the football was different gravy. When I compare it to the to the stuff we talked on the fan cast the other night on the eighty six eighty seven season, yeah, this was this was miles and miles apart. You started to see something that I hadn't seen at Chelsea probably since possibly even Dave Sexton's um, team. You know, of, of, of players like Cook and all this sort of stuff. But that I don't know. I just look kept looking. I looked. At, I looked at the Brown of Friday and I went back thinking. That season, I think it was just just that. I mean, it may well just be as tenuous as a connection to a young, very intelligent English manager. There was a game that season where they smacked Middlesbrough five 0 at home, and it was on the Sky Super Sunday, and was just was captivating, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Peacock got a hat trick. That's the one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we were five nil up after about an hour, and then we sort of we wanted loads more. It was a brilliant game, well remembered. Did Jody's debut as well, did Jody? Yeah, it was. Jody came on as a sub. Yeah. Look at this. There you go. I told you'd be asking questions later. Uh, well, Marco, I'm, I'm, I'm now, I feel I feel like I've made a good choice there. Actually, you have no. I think that's a, that's why I was intrigued. Yeah, bring some nice memories. I couldn't yeah. quite figure mm. it out. Now, Mr. Marco Warrell, he go for ninety three, ninety four. I think I know why, Marco. But go on. Well, just to put a bit of um, flesh on the bones of uh, Tony's. Um, uh, very lucid explanation as to why he went for 95 96 93 94 what what you know hoddle was appointed at the start of the season i remember thinking oh this could be interesting because kind of i know hoddle was sort of tottenham um but you know he was kind of tottenham in england but he, he was just a fucking brilliant footballer um and I just thought, do you know what? We've gone from like um, potentially having Neil Warnock appointed manager, yes, yes, to Glenn Hoddle, <laughs> and 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 I remember thinking, yeah, no, but I remember thinking something something special's going to happen now, and it was kind of the same feeling that I had, obviously when Frank with his Chelsea pedigree came in, you know, young manager, not, not young enough to be player manager, but, but that same kind of feeling. And the season was, you know, that 93, 94 season was fraught with uh, difficulty, but, um, you know, we scraped to the cup final. We got robbed by Ray. 
um and and you know and it was kind of like a horrible end to what was an interesting season and then you know as as tony kind of alluded to um thing, things kind of changed um as as on what marco said there i think the hoddle rain was was a was a was a turning point well it kind of i mean this is i'm not all right, I'm going to give a little plug to my book, but it kind of like the entry point into this book about last season is it, it all kind of traces back to that hodl appointment and that season and everything that followed thereafter. And, I, you know, I think the, the debt of gratitude that we owe Bates, which is hard, hard to say, but hodl as well, yeah. Um, you know, none of none of what has happened um, in the intervening years would have happened in the way it did if it would have happened at all without that that appointment and you know everything kind of stitching together like a weird chemical reaction. And that and the Bosman ruling as well, I guess. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. So all of that, and I I just, I just had exactly the same feeling when um, Lampard came. And again, picking up on what Tony said, you know, back, back in '93, well, you know, back before 2004, there was no social media, so it was kind of, and there wasn't quite the coverage on television that we have now. So it was kind of like pick the paper up. Fuck me, Glenn Hoddle's the Chelsea manager. That, <laughs> that's going to be interesting, um, you know. And and it's kind of all all of those things just made it an exciting time. And I think now, just sort of st- moving it on to where we are right now today, what a time to be a Chelsea yeah, supporter! Definitely, definitely, you know, for for all these youngsters coming through. Um, it's like wow, you know, what is going to happen now? Um, the, you know, Roman's interested again. He's buying players. It's it's fantastic. It's exciting, and that's why I went for ninety three, ninety four. That's when I felt this kind of real buzz that something's going to happen. It's it's going to be good. This. And I couldn't agree more, Marco. And I think that un- underlines. It's interesting, you know. You've gone for ninety three, ninety four. Tony similarly. J.K.'s gone for sixty three, sixty four. Clayton went for seventy six, seventy seven. And the thing in common with all of those was that the club seemed to have found its soul again and was redeveloping, building from the youth again in each of those periods. And it's interesting. Sixties, seventies, missed the eighties. Although you know, John Neal's side could have been a candidate for that maybe 83 <clears throat> 84 um and and now we have it again so maybe that's why us old gits are all so kind of enamored of this season the final word to the youngest member of the clan at the moment just to really underline what what actually the majority went for which is the 2002 2003 dean um i presume similarly to what i was saying but i'd l- love to hear it from you yeah well i was only um 11 at the time, um, it's my second year having a season ticket. Um, you know, ban him, ban him. You know, understanding the sort of Champions League and 
sort of the importance of it to the clubs, obviously being quite young, I didn't understand too much, but, you know, comparing it, that's my sort of earliest memory of you know, needing to qualify for, for the Champions League. Uh, it set us up for Roman and I think what it's going to set us up for this season is going to be, you know, a period of sustained success and, you know, top level football for the club. Excellent stuff. All right, now our last one uh, of the uh, of the huge. Uh, actually, it's not it's not been as monstrously long as I, I predicted. Actually, it's not that much longer than a normal fan cast. But uh, I, I, you know, everybody knows where I'm coming from uh, when it comes to the football. Uh, I, I share that with a lot of the people that we've got on the show tonight. But it's not just about what happens for ninety minutes and a bit on the pitch. It's not just about what happens with the manager and the players. A lot of it has got to do with what else goes on on a match day. And that's, of course, intensely personal. So I thought it was really appropriate for all of us to choose, um, you know, our own personal reason, you know, our, mo- our favourite personal kind of moment, Chelsea-related moment uh, of the season. And I'm delighted to say that there is some commonality even in this, the most personal of answers we've got, and it and it's all to do with taking kids uh, to their to their game. I'm gonna I'll, I'll kick off with Clayton first uh, with your personal reason. Mine was taking my son uh, to the Ajax game, the four four game, and it was just brilliant because anybody who was there that night will have to admit it was one of the best games of football they would have ever been to, and it was just phenomenal. And to, to be there with Charlie was, was was tremendous. Just watching him in the depths of despair as we were 4-1 down. And then just see the excitement in him as we got it back to 4-4 and almost 5-4. And it was just brilliant because, you know, those those moments are sort of very precious. Uh, <clears throat> obviously, I could have gone with the obvious um, personal thing of doubling Spurs and Mourinho, which was uh, which was fantastic. Um, but I just thought that that was really special. Um, and I think you know, as you say, it's all about moments. It's always it's all about sharing and being with people. And as much as we love the club, the whole thing about being with mates, you know, this whole fan casting, you know, being in the cock before games, it's it's what it's all about. And without any of that, it's boring. Yeah. Yeah, well said, Clayton. Um, Dane, you also, uh, on a similar theme, your favourite moment in... Well, actually, you've got two because actually consistently most of the way through this, you've gone for two choices <laughs> where one was asked for. But I love you no less for doing that. But uh, tell us your uh, personal moment. Yeah, I, I, sorry, I've been cheeky and a little bit selfish by going with two. Uh, so so the first one is, is definitely my daughter. She was very ill as a baby child probably two or three and sorry to make it a little bit take the tone down a little bit after her chemo uh, life was a bit of a struggle and then as she was getting older going through school we clearly realized she developed like special needs Uh, as she got older as you realized with special needs children like a lot of them attached themselves to one thing and she attached herself to football uh passion was amazing you know whether it be watching reading learning stats everything so I obviously it's taken her slowly to games over the years I've started to take her now and this season it was it was just a pleasure sitting with her because she can be herself at football which sometimes in life with a special needs child you sometimes wish they had two heads or 
four eyes because sometimes it's not obvious that they have certain needs and you wish that they, it was obvious. Uh, but yeah, I, I was so glad to share the passion with her. You know, I have two season tickets, so it's always a, a lottery of who goes. And she, she, she really offended when she doesn't go, which is really funny. But yeah, it's it's a whole day out because since we moved out of London, you know, uh, it's, it's the trip down in the car. It's the whole day. It's the trip back, and it's amazing. But cheekily, I'm also want to include Pulisic. <laughs> you can uh, do of, of anybody on this show tonight, Dane. You are entitled, mate. Yeah, sorry. It's just because you know, once obviously, once I was in my early teens and realizing that that I had you know American in me, I started taking more notice of US sports uh, and started to support the national teams jointly with England. You know, it was hard because remember this is the late 80s and uh, keeping up with American players in those days, you know, it wasn't easy. I think I used to get my info off the uh, St. and Greavesy show. Uh, you know, in those days, what off my head, I remember John Harks being at Sheffield Wednesday and I think Peter Vermes, I think he's, uh, Nick Vellaney's favourite team. Kobe Jones was at Coventry for a while, wasn't it? Kobe Jones was there. I think Bruce Murray, Roy, Tabram, does, does Roy, does Roy Wegley count? Oh, well, I can get to him in a minute, actually. I've got some <laughs> stats on him. But I used to, you know, being so close to the ground, you know, a lot of them come over and trial and I'd go to the reserve games at Stamford Bridge and they'd be so astonished that I'd be asking for their autographs. I remember Bruce Murray, but obviously you look like, no, he was a, quite a big American player and he was on having a trial at Ipswich. Anyway, so obviously this is 30 years, you know, and, and, and me seeing American players sign for... For other teams, you know, I've, I had to ignore Dempsey signing for Tottenham because that, that that really hurt. And I just always thought it might be a dream if we if 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 we got one signing for us. So when he actually, I actually did include Miazga because I had a little, I was a little bit excited when he signed. Obviously, in my own silly way, I thought, well, if this is the way it's going to be, this is the best going to get. But when he, you know, but when he signed, you know, I was I was I was desperately happy. Regarding Wegerly, uh, I remember it at the time because he had played. We obviously got to call it soccer because obviously played college soccer over there, and it was uh, I think Derek Smithers used to play for us, and Rodney Marsh was trying to get him to sign for teams over here. But he was originally born in South Africa. Uh, a QPR I think wasn't interested, and Chelsea took him on, but he was still classed as South African. Uh, once he left, it wasn't till four years later till he represented the US due to he got the citizenship due to his wife being American. So when he played for us, he wasn't actually an American player. Or okay. American did, he, did he play in the 94 World Cup? Yeah, he played. So he, I think he played for four years. I think he made his debut in 92 and he played in a World Cup. And, you know, it was, you know, it was a good player. I'll try to and Tony Miola. That's my yeah. memory. <laughs> the goalie, I think he came over in trial as well, Tony Miola. But I met Roy in Mark Suspenses in Putney once. <laughs> <laughs> As you do. <laughs> yeah, no, and he, 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 no, I was with about, there's about four of us, and he, we said, can we have your autograph? He went, yeah, come to my car, and he pulled out this massive pack uh, of, of uh, you know, of the pictures of him, and, and he signed them all, and started talking to us about football, and I, I remember talking to him about America, and he, I think at that time he was at QPR. He was a lovely bloke he was. Excellent. Sorry to be a bit selfish. No, 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 that, that's entirely the point. The Entirely the point of this bit now um we're going to move off the theme of taking your kids there because uh um i was involved in this although this is not why it's been chosen i i hope to god uh but mark um you've got a very special uh again a couple of things really but both related in terms of your personal favorite moment 
Uh, it's off pitch, um, and it started with a conversation I had with Cliff Auger, and we obviously mentioned the food bank already tonight and the work the Sports Trust did with them. So I made a suggestion to Cliff last year that wouldn't it be a good idea if we could persuade Chelsea to hold a sleep out at Stamford Bridge? And an absolute coup to actually we managed to pull that off because we never thought it would happen, and we spent lots of months behind the scenes. So actually, for me... You know, the sleep out of Stamford Bridge like last winter and Chidge was part of it. Um, Paul Cannibal came out and did it for us. We raised £27,000, you know, for two absolutely fantastic charities. Oswald Stoll Foundation, who've been next to Stamford Bridge, you know, since the First World War. They house old soldiers and homeless old soldiers. An amazing organisation. And another organisation called Glassdoor that do fantastic work in our borough, in Chelsea as well. Um, for helping tackling rough sleeping. So absolutely marvellous event. And then uh, the icing on the cake I made reference to earlier, we got the opportunity to present the cheque to the two charities the day of that Everton game, which was the best match of the season, with Christian Pulisic. Mm-hmm. You know, and an absolutely great young man, really took an interest in what we'd done in terms of raising money for people less fortunate than ourselves. And again, you know, big thanks to everyone that sponsored us and a big thanks to everyone came out and slept. We'll save it for another day, but there's a brilliant Paul Cannibal story that Chidge could probably tell it better than oh, I. Oh, mate, fuck it. Come on, let's do it. You you come on, you can tell it. You can tell it. Go on. Or do you want me to? It was about three or four o'clock in the morning and sleeping on the concrete. On it was bloody uncomfortable, wasn't it? Bloody uncomfortable. I, I, I don't recommend it, but we were doing it for a good cause. And I think in, I think in the middle of the night... Um, who, who went to the toilet? Was it you, Chidge? Well, okay. Basically, uh, there's a, there's more context to this, but me yeah. and the wonderful Neil Beard and the lovely Andy Willis, who's usually in in Mixler, I I decided that I knew it was going to be a rough night. I, I don't like sleeping on the floor. I, I don't even camp. I told you this, didn't I? I said, mate, I don't even camp. When I went, when I used to go to Glastonbury as a kid, I used to sleep in people's cars. You know, I ain't sleeping on the ground. Not me. Uh, so I knew this was going to be a bit unbearable, and I thought the best way to deal with this was to go and shift about four pints of Guinness just before we arrived. So I went down to the cock with Neil and Andy Willis, and we chuffed down a few Guinnesses, and then when we went back, which of course was a fatal error, because by about you know five in the morning, I I, I mean I couldn't sleep because it was so uncomfortable. Uh, thankfully, it wasn't too cold because uh, I managed to get a nice warm sleeping bag. But I got up, and 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 Canners, I could hear Canners chuntering away. Canners, uh, the lovely Kazza was next to me and Canners was next to her and Canners was just chuntering away to somebody and I kind of stumbled out to go for a piss stumbled back got back in the sleeping bag uh and I'm trying to get 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 my head down again and I can chidge chidge and I thought it's you know that semi-conscious state you're in when you think that's some no that's a dream nobody's really shouting out my name it kept on chidge chidge I think it's fucking Canners isn't it I said what do you want Canners and he says, Chidge, Chidge, um, who who was who was John who was John Neal's assistant? Ian McNeil, mate. Ah, oh, that's right, it's Ian McNeil. Cheers, mate. <laughs> that was it. In the middle of the fucking five o'clock or four o'clock in the morning. Canners wanting to know who uh, the assistant manager that he actually played for, what his name was. But there you go. Is that, that about the size of it, Mark? I thought I thought someone said it was Ernie Wally at Oh, first. somebody said it was a, yeah. It was somebody said it was Ernie Wally. That's right. No, it was Ian McNeil. Canners. That's right. So there you go, um, Martin. Uh, what's your favourite moment? Yours is a footballing one, isn't it? Kind yeah, of. Not, kind it's of. Certainly, it's certainly not related to bringing children to. Is it? Is it relating to drinking? 
Quite possibly. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you know me too well. Um, Ajax away was just an absolute laugh, to be quite honest with you. I mean, the game was incidental, but, you know, Batchway nearly causing another pile up in an away end will always be remembered. And I think I, I said this on the group chat. And <laughs> well, if you go to European ways, you know you get held up for half an hour, 45 minutes before the before you get let out. So we're standing there, everyone's going, what the fuck? How the hell do we win that? All that? Next thing, the smell of the most pungent spliff you've heard in your life. <laughs> and I've looked and it's, it's like a fucking traffic cone he's smoking. <laughs> <laughs> and it just looks like, other people have noticed this. Oh, fuck it. Who's been on the... What? It's legal! <laughs> Which is as good a justification as any as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, the whole day, I mean, we end up playing that in a club of a mate of mine who are going to home, uh, all away games, most away games we've been over some club in Amsterdam until four in the morning. Um, you couldn't smoke in there. You couldn't smoke tobacco. That was the only provide so everything else is all right not tobacco brilliant brilliant i love that logic yeah, and I've, I've also i've also mentioned the aftermath of like both spurs games because the, the away game we got we used to like getting back onto the seven sisters road head down and just keep walking they diverted us past a pub called the bill nicholson <laughs> full, of, <laughs> full of spurs fans not the happiest but uh, there's all these five coppers in front of the pub and dogs. I'm gonna we're walking past going, yeah, we don't care. We're getting div- I'm getting diverted to a train station I don't want to go to and don't know how to get back from. But um <laughs> it was just it was comical. I mean it's a lovely stadium but it's still in an absolute carsy. And <laughs> the home game was it was actually the last proper drink I've had after the football. Yeah, likewise. As you know, um, I, I was at the other games, but like it's midweek, it's a Sunday, so you can sail it a little bit. Um, so Spurs was the last yeah, proper sh- one, and I'd like to hope we can get back there soon. Too and right. So same goes the European away. Mark, I'm surprised you ain't mentioned Wilson getting promoted as a highlight either. Though. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, <laughs> yeah good, good point actually. Yeah, Billy, yeah. Billy Clifford for all the youth followers. Yeah. And again, um, yeah, if you mentioned Wheelstone, I went to Wheelstone bars and. Um, we, uh, a friend of mine sponsored the game that day, so he nominated Billy Clifford as man of the match. It's just a routine. They sponsored Brentford and Wheelstone, and every time we go, we always nominate the ex-Chelsea player as man of the match. And Billy Clifford, lovely guy. Yeah, yeah. really nice guy. And, and, you know, glad Wheelstone had kept him on for the forthcoming season. I'll probably see Wheelstone quicker than Chelsea at this rate. Well, they need him because he's like, he was playing in that division. Well, no, he shouldn't be there. He should be a couple of divisions up. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. Um, I, I echo Martin's sentiments about the Spurs game. That is, as I said, that's the, the last match I had at Stamford Bridge. And I, I probably had the best booze up I've had at Stamford Bridge because I've been working I, most of the season, of course. I've been doing a five o'clock in the morning gig. Well, getting up at five to drive to London to do the Love Sport Breakfast Show. So I clearly wasn't getting shit-faced much. Probably the most sober season I've had in living memory. <laughs> and I, I let my hair down thoroughly uh, for the Spurs game. It's a shame Dan's gone, actually, because he'll be able to tell you what I did, because I can't remember. Anyway, moving swiftly <laughs> along. Um, Dean, uh, what about you? Uh, mine was the um, FA Cup win over Liverpool at home. You know, I moved from the Matthew Hiding lower to the West Lower this year as a season ticket holder. It's a, it's a lot more reserved normally um, than the Matthew Lower. But, you know, the whole ground that game is absolutely you know, buzzing for the game. And 
you know, we put in the performance to match the atmosphere. And it was one of those you know, old school, old school games, old school nights, you know, under the lights where everyone was up for it. And it was you know, a great atmosphere. Brilliant. Well done, Dean. Good stuff. Uh, Marco, returning to the theme of uh, taking the next generation to Chelsea. And you had a special one this year. We, this is a moment we've all been waiting for, Marco, let alone you, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it was kind of like I took Misty to her first ever football game um, dur- during the closed season. We we played Sutton United, which is a, my local team, um, in, in a pre-season friendly. It was the under-23s. So I took her along to that just to see if she'd... Um, you know, sort of think, oh, this this is quite interesting. Um, and she quite enjoyed it. She sort of enjoyed the fact we could walk walk around the ground, change ends at halftime and all that kind of stuff. And then I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to see what she makes of Stamford Bridge after Gander Green Lane? Um, so it's kind of like just finding the right opportunity, kick-off time, fixture, all, all those things. And it... Um, So it turned out to be the Everton game, which was obviously the last game before lockdown. Um, And, you know, she sort of did the full uh, stall routine. So it was like the early birds. So she met Bobby Tamblin. He was lovely with her, you know. He kind of had a chat with her, gave her a little signed photograph. Um, Just really nice. And she just met everybody that, came down by the stall, said hello. And um, obviously we won the game 4-0. She was asking questions all the way through. The first one of which was quite quite entertaining um, during liquidator. She said, Dad, Dad, what, why why is everyone saying we hate Tottenham when we're playing Everton? Oh, quality, said, quality. That's a very good question, Misty. Yeah. <laughs> we've been asking that for the last 10 years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brilliant. And then obviously, you know, we won 4 0 and everybody's saying, Misty, you can come again. So it's just, you know, just a really nice day for her uh, and, and for me, of course. So, yeah. Mate, personally, I'm really gutted I missed the Everton match, not just because it would have been the last match and it would have been a better way than, you know, than losing to Bayern. But I remember at the beginning of the season you telling me, I reckon I think it might be taking Misty to the Everton game. So yeah, it, was, yeah. it was trailed for a long time. I got to miss she's such a poppet as well, and I was a real shame to miss her. Number of times she used to come and say hello to us when we were doing the show on Skype as well. Mm. So there you go. Brilliant. Um Tony. Tony, Tony, Tony. Uh what was I your favourite moment? Personal moment as such this season, I think it was because it was so fragmented. Um I just the one that sticks in the memory more than was was the Liverpool game, but I think it was when we beat Palace two 0 at home and and Tammy and Pulisic scored and um, uh, it was just another example of me thinking not this season but next season or the season after these are going to be flying these are going the people are going to be shitting themselves defenders will be shitting themselves um, and I think you know it's it good as I love only Giroud but I think Tammy it's his first full proper season I think if he can beef up a little bit like Drogba, he's going to be a handful because he's got speed and everything like that. And with Pulisic, uh, you know, I was as gutted as the next person that uh, that Eden has it left because I still, in oh, fucking hell, it's 50 years of supporting Chelsea, isn't it? 1970, Jesus. Um, uh, I, I still think Eden Hazard is the best player I've ever seen at Stamford Bridge. 
Um, so I was glad of losing him and to see Pulisic coming with without the kind of burden of of, of uh, uh, um, history on him, if you like, you know, of, of being the, the the you know the next Eden Hazard and showing us that he very possibly could be. So for me, it was just that game that was possibly the most personal. I didn't really take because none of my none of my family came along this year or anything. So there's nothing really personal other than. Of course, meeting people in the cock beforehand and having a good old um, few beers. Yeah, quite right. Um, Jonathan. Um, uh, as I'm I swiftly forgetting everything that happened in the season, as always happens to me at the, uh, <laughs> uh, every year. The, it's the your age, darling. It's yeah, the dementia it is, kicking it is, in, I know. So uh, uh, I have to be reminded by Vitnis' video. Um, uh, I, I suggested that being able to see everybody on Zoom yeah. was one of the positives for yeah. um, for doing the fan cast in particular, because um, it's lovely to see you all yeah. when we're actually uh, interacting, and it, it it makes it easier for Chidge because we can put our hands up. We're not we're not going. You could do that a lot, you know. But or... indeed, we can, and or even. But one of the great moments for me, of course, was getting my kit off. Um, <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> because of the yeah, the bet that I had um, um, uh, that I didn't think we were we were we were. Uh, we were signing Werner, and um, and you can't see, but in fact, my the very scarf I used to hide my private parts because I didn't go absolutely completely over the top um, was the um, the nineteen seventy three um, the nineteen so oh, you can't here it is just in the background there you see it's hanging on the the Castrol GTX scarf it, it's hanging on the uh, the door there in the background yeah, 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 oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. it's my nineteen seventy three away kit scarf that I've still kept and um, so I just used that which was. Uh, which was good, uh, which was um, um, amusing, Chidge, except we tried to do, Chidge and I tried to do a shot of it for I tried everybody. to record it on Twitter, video, didn't we? Record it on video of me coming in, and we did a take two of me singing, um, uh, what was I singing, Hello, uh, uh, um, la-la-la-la-la, ooh, la la You are my Chelsea, yeah. Yeah, you are my Chelsea. And um, and unfortunately, when I was uh, uh, doing the na-na-na-na bit, the scarf came off, revealing my bollocks. So, um, <laughs> Your cock so fell out, mate. My cock <laughs> fell out. Yeah, I was just being subtle there, just for just Anyway, words. unbeknownst to you, JK, because you see the song that we chose that you did sing to was uh, serendipitously, You Are My Chelsea, My Only Chelsea, You Make Me Happy When Skies Are Grey. And actually, what you don't know, JK, is that this week, Marco is, re- is uh, promoting his new book, which is called When Skies Are Grey, with that very video of you singing when skies are grey with your cock and your bollocks falling out. Isn't that right, Marco? That's it, absolutely. It'll be yeah. on Twitter this week. I thought you were going to say there was somebody downstairs for me to say, Jonathan Kidd, this is your life. And show that very video. Jonathan Kidd, this is your cock, more like. This is your cock, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, um, uh, the other, just another aspect of it, which I really like, was... Uh, was our head-to-heads, Chidge, which were, were sadly curtailed. Oh, God, yes. We, we, we were trying to work out to, to meet at the end of every game. And we, on some occasions, we didn't. One occasion we met and you were so pissed that it didn't work at all. Um, but uh, you've been drinking so much. Um, but uh, and all you did was sort of giggle every time I asked you a question. Um, uh, you Clayton, was, Clayton was present at that one as well, oh, I remember. Yeah. Oh, no, I was, was trying to get myself out of shot. Yeah, as soon as possible, that's right. Yeah, we were trying to get the three of us to talk and you were just completely incoherent. Um, but they were, that was, they were good fun. And we were, COVID obviously got in the way of that. But... Um, um, but in, in actual fact, the the uh, the whole process of me attempting to prophesy who we were going to get on the uh, from the transfer list from all the 
all the rumours is something that I'm beginning now to get wary of. And I think I might just uh, take a back seat because the uh, the number of people who've got slightly annoyed with me over it has just got slightly... Oh, fuck them, JK. I know, I know. I like Twitter to be annoyed a nice... You, I like Twitter to be, uh, to be primroses and daffodils. Jonathan, you know, want, uh, we've got your back, mate. Th- thorns involved in it. You know? We've got your back. One in, all in, yeah. mate. Don't worry fuck about that. I've got to say, JK, I totally... Uh, agree with what you said about the Zoom thing. Um, it's been really, I mean, you know, I don't mean to have a downer on this. It's, it's been really awful uh, not being able to go to the football. But as a lot of us have said during, during the evening, it's not, I, I could fucking live without the football. I tell you, I seriously could. You know, watch it on the TV, fuck it. What I miss most is seeing you lot in the pub. I mean, I, I love, I mean, you know, Marco talks about the match routine and. You know, I see Marco and every, all these mates at the stall go to the cock, see a lot of you in the cock, see you afterwards, Jonathan. I really, really miss that. And, and, I, and I know that this doesn't replace it, but it's not bad at all. And, you know, not just doing the show on a Monday and seeing you, actually seeing how you are is really important. But, I mean, Martin, we have our little virtual pub, don't we, on a Friday with a few other yeah. Chelsea-related mates. And Tony often joins us too. And, it's you know, it, it makes a difference. It keeps you fucking sane. So... The sooner mm. that comes back, the better, Dane. Yeah, I just want to jump on uh, JK's transfer rumours because we've got breaking news from Twitter. Uh-oh, uh-oh. And uh, I don't take a lot of notice of people on Twitter, obviously you lot, but when Walter Rotten tweets, then you take notice. You do, you do. <laughs> so Big Walter has been down the boozer tonight. <laughs> and free and free Brighton fans have individually told him that dunk will be done by Friday. Is it a dunk deal? One of them knows someone who knows someone. So I there said, you oh. go. There you go. They're my favourite. If they're wrong, it's a Dunkin' Donut, right? Oh, yeah. very good. Well, there you go. Well done, Dane. There's rumours that Marco loves as well. I think. <laughs> Love it. All right. Not beating in the no, can you, Marco? <laughs> we're nearly we're nearly there we just have mine to do but before that we had Alex and, and Dan on the show earlier and I can just tell you that Dan uh, predictably but but wonderfully went for doing the double over Spurs he hates Spurs um, don't we all um, and Alex went for something she's actually told us on the show when she funny enough she was on it just after she'd done this but I, I, the good works that Alex does. I mean, this woman, I tell you, she's got the heart of a lion, this girl, and it's its all full of warmth and goodness and kindness to people who are very unfortunate, uh, far more unfortunate than us. We're very lucky and privileged. A lot of people aren't. And she organised a trip to Stamford Bridge with a lot of uh, underprivileged kids. And uh, they got to the, the player they got to meet was Antonio Rudiger, which is why she gave him 10 uh, on the... Uh, player ratings because one of them was a kid called Jaden and uh, he had a little hedgehog which was his kind of favorite toy and he 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 was so enamored of meeting Rudiger that he gave uh, Rudiger his his special hedgehog and Rudiger was so lovely I mean you know he didn't do the footballer thing of kind of look at it and go yeah whatever he 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 kind of like got in with the whole mindset of Jaden and you know, said that he would. It was very precious to him, and he would look after it, and you know, take to every game. and And Alex just melted. She said, "This guy's just phenomenal." But I mean, you know, brilliant thing for Alex to have organised. She also uh, loved the fact that she saw ten academy players playing in one game, and I and I think absolutely I agree with her on that one. Now, my favourite. I've got as as of course you would expect from me. I have cheated and I've gone for two. 
the first one, actually, uh, very much like Clayton, uh, Dane and Marco. Uh, I don't have kids uh, and too late for me now. So I don't have anybody to pass. No, no. never too late. <laughs> well, apart from any kind of impending paternity suits, but I haven't had any yet. But, um, you know, so I've kind of missed the boat of passing the legacy on in many respects. Until, have a couple of mine, Chidge, if you want. And, well, <laughs> until this Christmas, when I happen to have... Uh, my sister has a little kind of party before Christmas, and my other sister was there with her two kids, uh, one of whom is Sasha. And uh, he, Sasha's at that kind of 13-year-old, rather monosyllabic age. But he, 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 he likes talking to me for some reason. And we kind of struck up a chat, and he started talking about Eden Hazard, the fact that he's he's gone to... Um, uh, Real Madrid, and, and I'm thinking, why are you talking about Eden Hazard? So I said, uh, so uh, you, you, are you are you a Chelsea fan then, Sash? And he looked at me like I was nuts. He said, well, of course I am. And and I said, oh, right, okay, so why, why are you a Chelsea fan then? He said, well, because of you, of course. And I kind of said, well, well what, what do you mean? He said, well, you know, everybody knows you're a Chelsea fan. All my mates at school know that you're a Chelsea fan because you write and you do these podcasts and things. So I thought, thought I have to be a Chelsea fan too. And I'm like, I'm like going, what? Very quickly, I said, I'll tell you what then, we better take you to a game then, hadn't we? And his little eyes just like, were like saucers. You know, of course, we then had to clear it with his mother. So this is quite an, a bridge to negotiate, no pun intended. But anyway, she was really cool because she's, she's, she's cool, my sister. And I plotted a game. We managed to uh, somebody very kindly, I can't remember, I think it was Steve, actually, he'll know who I'm talking about, very, very kindly, uh, you know, swapped a few tickets, because it's not easy to get two together when you have one season ticket. And he very kindly got me two together in the shed end, in the upper, in the shed end upper for the Burnley game. And I took Sasha to his first game, and it was just brilliant. Uh, you know, he, he, I mean, like Marco was saying with Misty, you know, he did the whole kind of pre-match thing went to the stall got spoiled rotten by everybody so marco gave him loads of books cliff gave him a cst badge we i think we met jonathan as well later in the day you came up to aussies we did we came up to aussies we met you he met canners which he was just knocked out meeting canners uh any and then he he got to see chelsea beat burnley three nil the funniest thing of all was he, he had his camera out from minute one trying to film the whole game and i said to, i said mate I said, look, you you know, you really don't want to be doing that. And he said, well, why? Why? I need to capture it. I, I, what, what if we score? I want to get a goal on. I said, well, this is Chelsea. We might not score. And secondly, uh, your arms are going to fall off if you're carrying it. Like, I said, don't worry about it. It'll be on match of the day. Anyway, as luck would have it, we got a penalty at the shed end. And uh, he got to take a, a video of uh, Chelsea scoring a penalty, which he played, uh, you know, for the next few weeks. But I cannot express, you know, I'm sure people who've got kids will understand this. I cannot express the joy that I had taking Sash to his first Chelsea game. It was just uh, my 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 absolute favourite moment of the season. And I am so utterly fucked off that I haven't uh, been able to replicate that because of COVID. Because I would have taken him to far more games. He probably would have got his first cup final in, in his first season going. And that's a real tragedy. But... Not uh, it did did nothing to take away the joy of taking him to his first game and my other one, I have to say it, it was doing the five hundredth show, and how much fun that was and reaching that milestone and doing that that special pre-recorded one with people like Kerry and 
and Canners and uh, Jason Cundy contributing and all sorts of people who've been involved with the show for years and years and years. And also doing it with you lot, which uh, never, ever ceases to delight me every week. So what a season. What a way to end it. And that, I'm afraid, is all we've got time for this season. Uh, the Monday show will be back on Monday, uh, September the 7th, to preview the new season. But fear not, you'll still be able to get a dose of the fan cast. I don't mean that in a, as in, a, in a kind of sexually transmitted way. But you will be able to get a dose of the fan cast as we will be continuing our weekly series, 50 Years of Chelsea. Uh, this week it will be 1987-1988 with me, Jonathan Kidd and Mark Meehan. Uh, and hopefully uh, soon we will be restarting the My Chelsea series as well over the break. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, there is another thing that we are planning. We are planning a special Patreon-only Q&A where I believe, if you tell me, you'll be able to join us on Zoom for the show. We'll be doing that over the next couple of weeks. J- JK and I need to figure out our diaries and get the right time and hopefully put it on Patreon, get a few of you lined up. So we're going to do that. So if you're one of our beautiful patrons, then watch out for the info on that. As you know, the Chelsea Fancast is available as a podcast on ChelseaFancast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, as well as other podcast distributors. Talking of which, you can also find the Chelsea Fancast and other Chelsea podcasts on the CFC Blues app, as they so eloquently announce here. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. And as I mentioned a minute ago, Patreon. I mean, I I should also say a huge thank you to all of our Patreons this year. That You've been fantastic. It really helps to keep the show going and I, I greatly appreciate that. I'm determined to try much harder next season to do more for you. Hopefully the Q&A will be the start of that. But if you do want to bung us a few dollars every month, it all helps. Patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Absolutely no pressure, obviously. Right. You can follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast. Me at Stanford Chid, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, uh, Clayton at Goldie59, Tony at Gross at Jet UK, Martin at Martin underscore Wickham, Dan at DanSilve73, Dean at Dean Mears, Marco at Gate17 Marco, uh, Mark Meehan at Eddie Mac BAWA, Dane at at DWIT9, Alex at CFCGWLB, Joe at Joe Tweedy, Liam at Liam underscore Toomey, and Ollie at OJ Harbord. And of course, don't forget to check out Chelsea Fancast uh, on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast and Instagram, of course. Right, a massive, massive, massive thank you to Clayton. You're very welcome. Absolutely my pleasure. No problem at all. To Tony. My pleasure as well. It's been an absolute blast, Chich. And to Marco. Buonasera. Grazie mille. Grazie mille. <laughs> Martin. Lovely to do it. Hopefully next time we can do it. Same like this in person in a pub. Absolutely right. And uh, also to many of the other contributors we've had this year. I mean, Dan and Alex, of course, if you heard from earlier on this evening, and Mark, who's had to disappear too. Joe Tweedy, Liam and Ollie, all for your fantastic and brilliant contributions to the Chelsea Fancast this year. Also, a massive thank you to Dean, who was... Uh, his internet's gone fut for his podcast contributions and for being the best and most frequent contributor to and editor of the Chelsea Fancast website. And a massive thank you to Dane for his podcast contributions and for managing the Instagram account, which I still haven't figured out how to use, but thankfully Dane does. Now, last but by no means least, uh, a huge thank you to Jonathan, the hinge to my bracket, 
the Eddie Little to my Eddie Large, the Ernie Wise to my Eric Morecambe, the David Speedy to my Kerry Dixon for all can of I his... Be the, the Bernie Winters to your mic? You can be the Bernie no, Winters... Schnorbitz. Well, I was thinking Schnorbitz too, Clayton, definitely. But Jonathan... The, the Hakim Ziek to your Timo Werner. Oh! Controversial, but possibly true. But honestly, Jonathan, thank you so much. You've been on every show with me, and that's an incredible commitment, and I love you for it. You've been an absolute brick. And I'm always surprised to be asked every week. No, nah, mate, it wouldn't be the same without you, mate. Uh, you've out Dr. Martin, Dr. Mart, mate. You've been brilliant. So thank you for your support this year uh, and as I said thank you uh, I think the biggest thanks really we should give to the listeners in Mixler who join us every week who are absolutely fantastic love your comments sorry we don't read them out enough it's all too crazy to do that but I do try and read them and I love seeing them and love seeing you in there week in week out everybody who listens to the podcast the patrons on Patreon without you this would all be rather pointless so thank you without people we're nothing. And on that wonderful note, enjoy the next couple of weeks off. Thank you for listening. See you next season. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Up the chills! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.